like one. Thank you. Well, tonight we're going to be um, starting off on Exodus 1. And I want to start talking about what happens when your expectations of what, what faith says doesn't match your experience. What your expectation of what you think faith is about, what a relationship with God is about, doesn't match up with your experience. I want to crack that open a little bit. Hopefully I do it justice. Um, Because if you've grown up in church, even on the outskirts, my whole church experience before I became a Christian was six months in Sunday school when I was about eight years old. Um, But um, maybe you've been... Uh, brought up with uh, Bible stories, you've been brought up within the life of the church, you've been, maybe you've just had a, a brief touching with it, and you have some sort of understanding with it, but when you've, when you've come to grow up and experience life in a different way, you kind of go, well, this is what I got taught, and this is my experience, and they don't necessarily match up. Does that make sense? And, and so I, um, I, I want to sort of talk a little bit about that tonight as we as we enter into exploring uh, the story of Exodus. Now, if you don't know the story of Exodus, the story of Exodus is simply this. We have in the the story of Genesis, particularly, we have God choosing a family of Abram and Sarai, who became Abraham and Sarah, and and their family line. And the family line went through um, uh, to um, a group of brothers, 12 of them, um, that became the 12 tribes of Egypt. And, you, and if you remember, you've been to the musical uh, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat or you've heard that story. Uh, Joseph gets sent off to Egypt and somehow rises up in the rankings of God uh, in Egypt and becomes the second most important person there. And all his brothers and, uh, and family and entourage come across and they're honoured because of what Joseph has done. And the story of Exodus is where that promise of God and that promise uh, to those people starts going a little bit pear-shaped. And really the beginning of the whole Exodus story is one where God is rescuing his people from, um, from the slavery and the bondage that they're in. Because God had made a promise to Abraham and to his family line that they would be a blessed people. And and what we start to see in the very beginning of the book is that the Israelites, even though they were a blessed people, that blessing had turned into something that it was never meant to be. They found themselves trapped under a regime of the Egyptians and what was meant to be a blessing started to become something very, very different. Now, I don't know about you, but when, I, uh, when I've continued to walk through this, this land and, and walk through my life, it's very easy for something that God intended to be a blessing to start ending up as something different. And God's given us a, a, a rich land and, a, and, uh, and Australia, we're incredibly blessed but we can still find ourselves in that blessing being trapped in addictions and trapped in broken relationships and trapped in abuse and they're trapped in all sorts of ways. And so what was intended to be a good thing you know, can end up 
trapping us and we can wonder where God is in the middle of it. So this is the passage uh, from Exodus. I've, I've just pulled out a section of it from Exodus chapter 1. Thanks. The descendants of Jacob named, uh, numbered 1701. Jo- jo- Joseph was already in Egypt. Now Joseph and all his brothers and all that generation had died. So they all came to Egypt, they all passed away, they had all died and just their descendants were left. But the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful, there's the blessing. They were a fruitful people. They multiplied greatly, increased in number and became so numerous that the land was filled with them. They were doing okay, they were making babies, they were having fun. They were enjoying life. And so they were living in this blessing. Everything was fine. They were being fruitful. They had great land. They were able to be the people of God together. It was great. Then. Then. A new king, whom Joseph meant nothing, came into power of Egypt. He just didn't respect anything that Joseph had done. Thanks, Megan. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have come far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them, or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, they'll join our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country. And so here we have the fear starting to set in that here was a populous and fruitful people, and, uh, and that led to the fear on the Pharaoh's heart about the fact that they could turn against uh, the people they were living with. And so they put slave masters over them and oppressed them and with forced labour. And they built the uh, Pithom and Ramses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. That's the blessing again. So Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with harsh labour, with bricks and mortar and with the kinds of work in the fields. In all their harsh labour, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. So here we have a story of God blessing a people wanting them to be a blessing, them being fruitful, and the fear from the outside comes in and, and starts to want to enslave them and trap them, wanting to turn the blessing into a curse, wanting to change what God's intent was into something different. Here we have a story of the blessed people of God ending up under the whip, under oppression, struggling. And there's no doubt the question must have come to their mind. This is God's promise and this is the reality and they don't mix. They they don't seem to be coming together at all. And I wonder what you do when what you've learned about faith and what you've experienced faith doesn't match with the experience of the world. 
because God has promises and he definitely promised the people of Israel that they'll be fruitful, that they'll be blessing. And we can see in the stories of Abraham uh, and his sons that there was incredible wealth and incredible blessing there. But somehow here, if we take it in a snapshot of time, you can see that everything has gone pear-shaped and everything that God seems to have promised seems to have turned to dust. And this is not an uncommon story within the life of Scripture. That what we see as the promise of God and what people are experiencing can be something quite different. We see it here in this story as the Israelites going into Moses. We see it in the story of the kings where the kings were meant to give blessing but ended up turning people away from God. We see it in the story of exile where the Israelites were taken off into Babylon. And although they were God's promised people, they were taken away and put into slavery there. And we even see it when it's time for Jesus to come onto this earth because the Israelites were not expecting the Romans to oppress them they were expecting a military leader in Jesus and it didn't match their expectations so what do you do when your understanding of faith and your experience don't match up I think that our choices matter that our choices about what we decide we're going to put our faith in and put our, our understanding in matter when, when our faith and our experience don't match up. And we see this in the story of Daniel when, the, when they're in exile in a very similar situation. And, and Daniel is someone, again, who has been raised up through the ranks like Moses, a Moses-type figure. But his people are trapped and he's in bondage and he is in servitude. But he is praying big prayers and wanting to see God do something different than what his experience is showing. And this is what it says in Daniel 10, verses 12 and 13. And, this is a, um, and then he continued. This is the angel talking to Daniel. Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and humbled yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. But the prince of Persia's kingdoms resisted me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, or chief angels, came to help me because I was detained by the king of Persia. So here we have in the story of David as he's pressing into the story of God, as he's, he's wanting to see God do great things, he, he uh, is asking God to change his, his experience to match what he believes God wants to do. And in that period of time, he has visions and he has dreams. And, and in response to that, God sends him a messenger, this angel. And this angel comes and he says, you know what? From the moment you, you, you put your mind to it, it's, to gain understanding when you humbled yourself before God your words were heard and I was on my way 
it took some time to get here, but I was on my way. So when your faith doesn't necessarily match your experience, I think what we have to look at choosing is, do we want to gain understanding? Do we want to humble ourselves before God? And, and do we want God to hear what's going on in our lives? This is what Daniel did. And so for the Israelites, they came and they found themselves in bondage and in slavery and they called out to God to be saved. In Daniel, he does a couple of other things. He he tries to gain understanding about what God is doing. He humbles himself before God and he uh, desires for God to hear his prayer. And so I want to encourage you tonight, if your faith and your, your experience are not lining up, to make a choice to ask God why. See, I've met many uh, young adults and maybe even um, people around my age that says, you know what, I prayed, nothing happened, so that's it. You know what, there was a situation, I asked God to do something and God didn't. So that's it. Oh, I believed this, but when it came to my experience of it, it didn't match up, so I don't believe this anymore. And, and if the Israelites decided to say, you know what, we don't believe in God anymore, they would have stopped being the Israelites and they would have become the Egyptians. And if Daniel didn't believe that God had something different in mind, he wouldn't have... Um, pressed into prayer and pressed into understanding to make God, uh, not make God, sorry, to, to see what God was on about and what God was doing. So I want to encourage you, if your faith and your experience don't look up, the first thing is to do what Daniel did, is to uh, mind to gain understanding. Look for what God is wanting to do. Look for revelation about what God is saying about your experience. Just don't wipe it off and say that, okay, God's not into that. Don't wipe it off and say, well, maybe God doesn't exist. But make a choice to say, I want to gain understanding into why this is the way it is and what God is trying to say and what God is trying to do in that circumstance told this uh, story this morning in a different sermon but it's relevant here I, I met a colleague uh, um, he actually taught me preaching funny enough and uh, and he, so he was one of my lecturers he's a college a colleague now and he's incredibly sick like desperately sick I met him at a picnic and and he came up and said hello which was fantastic and he just said I am <laughs> he basically said I oh, you name it, I've got it wrong with me. But then he said something like this. He goes, you know what, Barry? Um, in that moment, I've had the most amazing experiences of God. In my sickness, I've, I've, I've reached a different level of prayer than what I've had before. And so I asked him, I said, well, so what's your understanding of healing then? He goes, no, no, I believe in healing. I believe it in a, in a universal way. I believe that God can do it. I can believe it can happen through medicine and I can believe that it can happen um, through just getting your body right and eating right. And he says, I've got a holistic approach to healing. 
He said, you know what, Barry, but I'm really grateful for this season because it's taken me to a different level in prayer. And so he said, what I'm trying to do is gain understanding of why I am this way at this point in time. I don't, I don't, um, I'm not angry about it. I'm not bitter about it. What I want to do is I want to say, God, why is this happening? What are you trying to do in this situation? He wasn't blaming God for his sickness, but he wanted to gain understanding. And here in this uh, message from Daniel, this brief kind of things, it says that he uh, had a mind to gain understanding. He says, as soon as you set your mind to gain understanding and humble yourself, God, God started to hear your prayer. And so it wasn't put, put, he wasn't putting himself in the position of God. He was, put, he was humbling himself and saying, I don't know, but I want to seek God until I find out. And that takes a choice. It takes a choice to go, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to keep on pressing into God until I see what God is trying to do. He humbled himself, which is probably the hardest thing for us Westerners to do, is to let go of our own self-importance and to believe that God wants to bless us and and wants to uh, do the very best for us, but our understanding of how we do it ourselves needs to be submitted to the kingdom of God. It's easy to to think this is... This is not the way I think God should do it, so I'm just going to do it my way. But to humble yourself before God and say, you know what, God? I'm going to seek your mind and I'm just going to do whatever I think your spirit wants me to do. Whether it seems crazy, whether it seems right, I'm just going to do it. And so Daniel sets his mind to understand what God's going to do. He humbles his heart before God to allow God to speak into it and then his words are heard so just because God has not acted yet in your prayer, in your circumstances in in what's going on in your life, in your experience doesn't mean that God's not going to we see in this passage that little bit from the angel that says I wanted to get to you sooner but it took me 21 days because something was stopping me and, and so that, that gives, a, gives an understanding that even though God wants to act, there are sometimes there are things that stop him from doing what he wants to do. And so just because God hasn't acted yet, just because God hasn't given you the healing yet, just because God hasn't answered your prayer yet, just because God has not done what you think God has done yet, doesn't mean that God is not going to do it. So don't lose heart. Don't give up. Just because your experience to this point in time does not let match up with the faith that you have of what God can do doesn't mean that it won't one day. And you can say to me, well, Barry, how long? I don't know. I just don't. But I do know that if we want to get, if we put our mind to gain understanding, we humble ourselves that God hears us from our very first prayer. 
and that God will make a way. So don't give up. And, 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 and as I've been praying with people and working with people as they've come with their issues, I say, there can be reasons. Humble yourself. Is there sin in your life? Are you living your life for you or not for God? Is there, is there things in your life that you need to deal with that, are, that you've been carrying around since a child? Are there, are there things that we need to allow God into so God can bring the healing that he wants to bring? Is there forgiveness that you need to give? Is there conversations you need to have? There can be reasons why God does not, give, does not answer prayers, but we've got to be humble enough to say, God, what do I need to do to experience what I believe you want me to experience in this faith? Because from the story of Exodus and, and, and leading out, to, from Genesis, we see that God chooses a people to be his people, to shine his light, to be an example of what it means for a group of people to be in relationship with him. We are adopted into that family. We are the chosen people, the royal priesthood, the scripture says, that God is for us, that God wants to give us victory, that God wants to step into our mess and clean it up, that God wants us to shine our light into this world so people can say that's what it's like to live fully connected with God. And so if your experience doesn't match up with your faith, it's okay to say it doesn't. But make choices to humble yourself, to gain understanding. Acknowledge that it's difficult. Acknowledge that it's not what you want. But make choices to, to enter into the faith and the freedom that God wants for you. God doesn't want you to be slaves. He wants to give you freedom. God doesn't want you to, to live bound. He wants you to be free. God doesn't want you to have a gap between your experience and your faith. He wants you to understand where he's coming from and what he wants to do. So what do you do when your experience and your faith don't match up? Well, I want to encourage you. Seek understanding. Humble yourself. And pray that God will meet your needs. Let's pray together. Loving God, we thank you that we can come to you as your people. We're not perfect, not having it all together, not knowing all the answers. But we thank you, Lord, that you are a God who knows the answers. We thank you that you do know what's going on. And so, loving God, we want to uh, come to you with our issues and with our pains, with our struggles. And although we have not yet seen the victory that we want, we thank you, Lord, that we are the blessed people. And although we may feel trapped, although we might struggle, 
your freedom is coming. And so we're so grateful that you sent Jesus to deal with our sin, to deal with our pain, and that by his stripes we are healed, and that through his spirit we can have a freedom that the world knows very little about. And so, Lord, I pray right now for this beautiful group of believers, for everyone in this room. Lord, give them a heart to want to press into the things of you, a heart to say yes, a heart to want to gain understanding heart to pursue the freedom that you want us to have. So come Holy Spirit, remove the fear and bring us into the freedom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand as we sing No Longer Slaves.